0: 92. 1992 is a year when, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, when, when FUBU, right, was, was created, right? And, and, and you guys, you, formalized, formalized, right? Formalized. So you, you and your guys, you and your team, y'all got together and, and created something that I think is extremely monumental for several reasons. Not only was it a, 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 a brand, a clothing brand, but it was a movement. Right. It was for us, especially around that time. I'm, you know, I'm born in the 80s, 81. So for me, I had never seen anything like that. And mm-hmm. when you made that statement for us, by us, that was different. Right. right. That had never been done before. So I want to I want to go back to that time in your life really fast and just tell me what was going on for you. 1992, New York City, Hollis, Queens. What did it feel like? What did it smell like? Just 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 paint that picture for me.
1: Uh, so to backtrack for one second is just that I had created it in 80, in 89, um, and I sold a couple of hats and I closed it down three times from 89 to 92. And I, and I'm saying that because we're talking to a bunch of people who are hustlers and a bunch of people who will fail, you know what I mean? But the failure will be part of the process. And in 89, all the way to 92, I closed it down, but I ran out of just limited amount of cash. Not a lot, you know, I, I ran out of, uh, Five hundred dollars, a thousand, two thousand. I was able to reset, you know. Um, but what was happening in '92? Well, hip hop was starting to really take hold and form. And hip hop, I, I would call it, it was a disruptive technology at that time. It was kind of our version of Twitter and Instagram. Because we didn't know what was going on in the streets of Compton. You didn't see that on the six o'clock news. You didn't know about police violence. We knew internally inner city kids of all colors. Right. right? You, we knew what was going on, but America didn't know what was going on. And just like we look at 2020, the same exact things were happen in 92. The chokehold was being in place. We all witnessed Rodney King, you know, um, being brutally beat and cops being exonerated for it. William Barr was in the White House. You know, people were all of all colors were burning down their communities against this atrocity of feeling like they had no place to go. And I remember saying to myself, well, I can go out there and take sticks and stones and bottles and start burning down my own community or other people's communities. I can start... Feeling hopeless and just robbing people, because a lot of my friends, people don't know, I grew up with uh, me, Irv Gotti, and Hype Williams grew up together, and and uh, we were all like 13, 14 years old, and our friend Alfred ended up being the one that Hype wrote the movie Belly about. So I grew up around a lot of really well-known drug dealers, Supreme, Collie, Fat Cat, and all of them, and I knew that I wasn't built to be no drug dealer. <laughs> First of all, I wasn't going to hurt nobody, and I was way too cute to go to jail. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that, that wasn't going to work out the way that I planned it. Yeah. I also wasn't going to go on the street. So I, I figured at that point, the only way I'm ever going to be able to change the perception or, 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 or give myself power, my community power, is through economics and pride. And that's when I brought my three other friends around and we said, we're gonna make a role, we're gonna make a play at this FUBU thing and we are not gonna stop because nobody cares about us in the community. And a lot of people think that FUBU was created for people of color and it wasn't. It was created from an art, a musical art form that came from the Bronx, primarily from men of color. But the way that other people were treating our culture and our color, I didn't want. I, I was always told never become the thing you're fighting against. I created it because of hip hop, and I wanted people who loved him, who whatever color you were, to embrace. it. I felt that would bring us all together. So I dressed the Beastie Boys, I dressed MC Search, I dressed Eminem, but I dressed all the African American. I, I dressed the Barrio Boys. It was all about if you was cool, right? And so, and so, so that was what was going on. It was a, it was a frustration, an anger, a pain. That people didn't respect or love us, and we had no way to uh, express that one and get back at them. Uh, but now, all of a sudden, creating a movement off of the backs of something I loved, hip hop. Yeah, a- and that's that's
0: what happened. What made you choose fashion as the outlet? Who was inspiring you at that time? Who were you mirroring?
1: You know, you know, you know great question. I chose fashion because I always say today, anything that you can consume is the same thing you can sell. Um, and I was always a consumer of, of, of fashion. And if you go back 10 years earlier when I was around 10 years old or whatever the case was, I would stay home at night. And that time, I don't want to show my age, but the reality is <laughs> that hip hop was not played on regular radio. Right. It was played on radio. And the only time it was played on radio was a guy named Mr. Magic he had a show that came on around 11 o'clock or midnight on Fridays and Saturday nights. I was 10 or 11 years old, couldn't go out at that time, but we'd wait the entire week so we can hear Roxanne Shante or, or any of the new one, new songs come out right around 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And what would I do during that time? I was putting permanent creases in my pants, I was redying my my Pumas or redying my Timberland because I didn't have enough money to buy new Timberland, so I wanted the girls to think I got a new pair of Timberland every <laughs> month, so I redyed them, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. And um, I loved fashion, that's what I was, and I was, I was somewhat of a break dancer and stuff like that, so I had to alter my clothes to be able to you know use them at like that. So uh, you, you fast forward 10 years later, I love hip hop and I love fashion, and I put them together, but the first real real touch that I had of it to realize I could do it myself is I go into a store and I look at a hang tag and this young kid, it looks like a little young Mike Tyson is sitting on a railroad track with some overalls. And it was Carl can I? And I said, mm. damn, I could do this myself too. So call really is the one who gave me, the inspiration.
0: Yeah, salute to Carl Kanai, man. Yeah. So so you said earlier, as we all know, you got your three friends together. You guys did this project together, right? Yeah. And at that time, I'm I'm gonna assume that you weren't probably the most business savvy person, right? right? So how did you guys create that like operating agreement, like did you just say we're just gonna do this thing and figure it out later? Let's not worry about splitting fifty percent of nothing right now. Like, how did you guys structure the business at that time?
1: Yeah, so that is one thing I really I realized that I had to always have is something written in paper for un, uh, an understanding. And it wasn't just three guys. We always, if you ever look at Pool Product, there's a big five on all of it. The reason why is we always wanted to be five guys. Mm. We figured that. And my dream was that if all five of us like something, because if somebody looks at hip hop, people, you know, there are various different ways. You know, you can be the grunge looking style of hip hop. You can be the, you know, basically like the boroughs of New York, right? You can be. Brooklyn really grungy looking. You can be uptown, that's Hollywood, you know what I mean? Fashion wise. You can be, you know, you can you can wear the the more Carhartt type of look. You know what I mean? There's very army look, there's very different ways. Backpack look. And I figured that if we had five people that we'd all from all those different aspects of dressing, that we we would whenever we like something, it was universally accepted. Got you. But the fifth member never stuck around. So I didn't have a hard agreement with my partners. I I said, listen, you stay around three months, it activates more shares. You stay around one year, it activates more shares. And, and that's how, and, and we were very clear on what your job is. Your job is to whatever it is, right? Go to the stores. Your job is to go to all the video sets. Your job is to stay home and manufacture. Your job is to do this and that. So we laid out the plan. Yeah. And there's about 10 of those fifth members that never stuck around. Ah.
0: Right? And okay. it was
1: my other three guys that stuck around because, we saw it in ninety two. We didn't get we didn't get recognized, really public recognition. We didn't make our first check until ninety eight. Mm. I saw it in eighty nine. Got you. And, and, you know, they saw it in ninety two. So for nine years I didn't get I didn't get a dime.
0: I, I always I always felt like like, you know, just in hindsight looking back, because, you know, I was coming up during that time, like you were kinda like the face or like the front man of the brand, and like the yeah. other guys kind of like stood back a little bit. Was that intentional?
1: Or well, it, was my, it was it was it was my creation. Okay. Um. So yeah, I'm the CEO and the president. Okay. So that, that's that's mainly why it was my vision. Got you. And the other guys also, they like, you know, we all know that we can't all talk, right? Right. And um and at that time when when there wasn't social media and the gatekeepers or the networks or interviews. Well, you can't see me today, somebody tomorrow or somebody else. You'd be like, well,
0: who, who owes this damn thing? <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Right.
1: So you, you needed a consistent message.